Well, and I think, again, it's interesting because I didn't think before this episode about how much performance management really is like raising a teenager, but it really is like raising a teenager. And in that sense, it is a two-way street. So I absolutely refuse to just carry that for my teenagers. And yet, if they start to drift away from me, it's my job, not theirs, to fix that. It's my job to make sure that that two-way street is happening, and when it stops happening, mm-hmm. to do something about it right here, right now. Welcome to The Critical Path with Mary and Jason, a podcast about business development, company culture, and loving the place you work just a little bit more. It's good to say the intro again. Yeah, it's been out of practice. It's been a little while. So if you listen to us regularly, we have been on kind of an unplanned break for a little while. Hiatus. Hiatus. In the community. Indeed. (laughs) A uh, sabbatical. Yeah. Except we've still been working, just not podcasting. Yeah, so we, we are technically podcasters now. It's true. Yeah, I don't know if you, you figured that out. But we've crossed the threshold. We're over the line into podcasting territory. Are we? I thought that that was like, what, four episodes out when we hit episode 50? Well, I'm now regularly being pursued by uh, ah. people who want to pay us to, to be guests on The Critical Path. I think it's bogus and bonkers, but yeah. Plus we plus we don't do guest no, spots no. when. But like honestly, I yeah. haven't done yet any kind of a remote guest spot. Mm-hmm. So they would have to physically come here, which would put most of them out of the running. Oh yeah. But still. Yeah, but all I'm saying is that we're we're semi pro now. We're big now. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. all grown up. Actually, I haven't looked at the numbers in a long time. I should check it out. So if you listen to us regularly or even semi-regularly and you missed us while we were gone Mm -hmm. then all of we missed you too we did miss you we missed podcasting uh it's been good we podcasted we put up the thanksgiving episode a couple days after thanksgiving thanks so i edited and posted that episode from san francisco where we were traveling for work you sure it wasn't portland no uh it was 40, I did two episodes while we were gone. We recorded them before we left. Yeah. And so I did PM software yeah. in Portland mm-hmm. while we were staying with family. And then I did Thanksgiving episode in San Francisco. I'm sure everybody's excited to know that. They are. Look, it's <laughs> my point that I was trying to get to. Yeah. Make sure I'm still recording. I just hit a key on my keyboard. Yep. My point that I was trying to get to is that we traveled and we maintained podcasting during travel. You're blowing out my mic. I'm not blowing out anyone's mic. Why are you blowing out my mic? I know what the mics look like when they're blowing out, Jason. Stop. I'm the audio engineer here. Stop blowing out my mic. All those people trying to get you to pay them to engineer our podcast, that's what I'm doing right now. To engineer my podcast. In real time, yeah. No, I have one of those. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) So just shut up and let me do my job. Anyway. The point is that we traveled and we edited and posted podcasts while we were traveling. On the road. And then got home and it was about Christmas and we just kind of collapsed and did not have podcasting in us at that point. And we took uh, two weeks over Thanksgiving and two weeks over uh, Christmas holiday and it was, was a nice break. It was good. It was good to take a break. So that's our housekeeping, but... Other uh, 
good pieces of news. We have our Jetpack cohort launch. We uh, have our first group of cohort members and had our first meeting here just recently. It went super well. Really good group. Really well-balanced group, I think. Yeah. So but that's all, really exciting. All high achievers in their, in their respective markets, owners cool. and executives. But we did personality tests and got like a rainbow of personality results. One of the things I was worried about is what if everybody in the room just gets like, you know, executive personality type and that's it. Yeah, because you can see where people who all run their businesses Mm -hmm. could fall into similar categories, but we have a wide array of people kind of across the the board. So that's really exciting. It's gonna be a good group. So more news to come from that as Mm -hmm. we progress in the year. Uh, But I think we're here to talk about performance reviews. Yes, this is episode 47, and we're going to be talking about performance reviews. Yeah, so previously in uh, episode 34, we had talked about the process of how to create a performance process Mm -hmm. or performance appraisal system. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had covered that in more detail in terms of the inner workings of what that structure should look like. Mm -hmm. And that was a while ago because we planned it this way. We know that the beginning of the year is when people tend to be focusing on performance appraisals. Or thinking about the appraisals they haven't given yet. Exactly. Uh, So we did the episode on kind of how to set up and prepare your performance appraisals few months ago in the hopes that we would encourage people to kind of start building that process out preemptively. Ideally, you would already have that ready now so that now you're just looking at actually holding those meetings. Mm-hmm. So the purpose of this episode is not to go through every single nitty gritty detail that we provide in forward coaching, but to kind of provide some best practice uh, thoughts to keep in mind as you're going through your performance appraisal, whether you're talking about receiving that that review or whether you're giving that review, it's important that you have a couple of things in mind. And so this, you could really think of this as being kind of part two of that episode. If that episode is kind of how to set up your performance appraisal, this is how to actually execute these performance appraisals. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what was this? So it is really important that we have metrics so that we can keep things about the numbers mm-hmm. instead of about the emotions. And yep. we talked about that exhaustively in episode 34. Yeah, in 34 we were talking about the role description and actually defining what the person does Mm -hmm. and building out metrics for the role that they fill so that we can evaluate how it's going Mm -hmm. uh, based on something other than just our subjective emotions. Mm -hmm. So if you aren't sure kind of how to even begin approaching that, then you could give episode 34 a listen because we really talked there about how to build those things. Uh, But now I wanted to talk a little more about metrics and role descriptions uh, in terms of what do good ones look like? Because I think episode 34, we answered the question, if someone were to come to us and say, I have no idea how to even start interacting with metrics, what do I do? And there's some good answers there. What we've been hearing a lot lately, because this time of year we're hearing from many people in many directions that they need help. Tis the season. Tis the season. Uh, One of the things that I feel like the conversation that we're having a lot is people who are saying, okay, I have metrics and I have role descriptions. Mm -hmm. And when it's performance appraisal time, I don't really have any clue how to interact with this Mm -hmm. stuff. And then when we look at it, it's because the metrics are not clear, Mm -hmm. not measurable, not easy to interact with. Uh, The goals that are set are not 
easily measurable and we end up having some challenges. So if we have a metric that is improved sales uh, more than last year, mm -hmm. well, how do we know if we're on track for that? So a lot of that is smart goal setting and, and kind of dialing what those numbers mean and what they are. Mm -hmm. If it's if there's a specific number that we can measure against and then measure our progress toward that target, it's going to be a much more definitive uh, illustration of our progress and performance. We came in the office after Christmas was over and we still had a little Christmas tree set up in the front of the office. And as we walked in the door right after break, I said, okay, we have got to get this tree out of here yep. by the end of today. Yep. And Gowan, 14 years old, pipes up and goes, that sounds like a great SMART goal for you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> and actually walked through the steps of, he said, well, it's specific. Mm -hmm. It's get that tree out, and there's only one tree in yeah. here. It's measurable because at the end of the day, we can say, is it still here yeah. or isn't it? Did it happen or not? He said, it's achievable. And I yeah. said, well, I don't know about, <laughs> we'll that. See about that. We'll see. Yeah. It's realistic. Mm -hmm. Again, we'll see. But... Let's assume it was. It was. I got well. It's still in the office, but I got it out of the front walkway, and well, it's timely. It's by the end of today. So, if you needed a review for smart goals, there it is. In terms of our late Christmas tree removal. There you go. <laughs> but I think it's important too that when you're creating metrics or or measurements to to evaluate performance, you take care not to overcomplicate it. So a lot of the times mm -hmm. folks can go into a rabbit hole and come out with 65 items that they're trying to measure. Mm -hmm. And then we become so busy and burdened with measuring our, our performance that we don't actually have any time to perform mm -hmm. or do anything else. So just pick a couple, pick three. Pick three metrics that, are, are, that fit that smart uh, mentality and make sure that we have tools in, in place that can actually give us numerical feedback on our performance. It should be easy to tell whether or not this happened. We shouldn't have to argue or work hard or dig deep to figure out whether or not this thing happened. So a lot of folks can find themselves in the place where they're performing their first performance appraisal mm -hmm. or they're, they're reviewing a new employee that they've never worked with before. Or even we've done performance appraisals before, but they weren't great. Mm -hmm. And now we're ready to start doing better. We're going to do something new and different. We're going to really think about this. And and now here we are. So the first piece of this is uh, one question we'll have is, okay, so I want to hold them to some goals. Mm -hmm. So how do we deal with that when we don't have those goals already defined? Yeah. And the right. answer is you cannot. Mm -hmm. Or we don't have the metrics dialed in. in place. Yeah. So if we don't, if, if, if you listened to episode 34, however many months ago, I don't know when that was mm -hmm. September, October, and you set some goals then mm -hmm. great. Let's, let's actually interact with those, but you cannot set goals now to find out how successful they were in the last year, because mm -hmm. then they don't have the opportunity. They didn't have the opportunity to interact with that in the day to day. So when I've been in this position before with new hires or, or in this condition, I'll use this first meeting as kind of a get to know you opportunity where we can just have some conversations about what our expectations are. And we're really just kind of uh, feeling each other out and, and getting comfortable with working together. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. In, in this formal capacity. And so uh, in this initial conversation, we should be talking about what are our future goals. So goals mm -hmm. for this person in the position. Yeah, and personal and professional. Mm -hmm. 
and discussing whether or not we have metrics in place to evaluate our progress. And then also together, collaboratively, identifying what are the possible obstacles that could get in the way. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're having these conversations where the goals are kind of independent of emotion. We're talking about what does it take to move this ball forward? Mm -hmm. It's not about what a big jerk you are or how we're not going to talk about how poorly you did last year. Mm -hmm. We're talking about numbers and dollars and cents and percent uh, math. Mm -hmm. Because when we, we focus on the math and we focus on removing the obstacles to improve the math, mm -hmm. then that takes a lot of the heat and light out of the conversation. And if you have someone who has worked for you for some time, but we're kind of starting a new process, process with this performance appraisal system, you can still look at the numbers of how they've done in the past. Just I would be careful not to tie it to any goals that we didn't previously set. It's kind of survey information. Right. We're going to review the information and see if, if that gives us any wisdom from reading the tea leaves. So if I have a project manager and we are going to be targeting a profit margin for this project manager's projects then it's okay to look at what the profit, mar profit margins have been on the last several projects. It's less okay to uh, introduce now mm -hmm. that, there, that we wanna see a 10% profit margin and then be upset about all the projects that didn't make that when they didn't know that at the time that they were carrying out those projects. They didn't know that we were playing that game mm -hmm. and they didn't know that those were the rules of the game at that point. So it's really unfair to hold people to account to rules that they're not aware of. Mm -hmm. It ends up being like a surprise. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, by the way, I, I don't know if you knew this, but here's how I expected you to have done. Right. Uh, some people in this company, a story from a client, just weren't meant to be salespeople. Some people just can't sell a job. You know, there's some people who just are really great at it, and yeah. then there are other people. There are others. I'm not going to name names. Mm -hmm. Other people. Uh, oh, it's snowing outside. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, in terms of. Uh, you mentioned no surprises, and that's kind of key to really any relationship. Let's say shy of birthday presents or, or anniversary or, or things like that. Surprises inside of relationships are generally really bad things, mm -hmm. especially if we're going to surprise each other about something bad. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Surprise. Mm -hmm. Think about all of the bad surprises that you've had in your life. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's almost like we need to come up with a different word, mm -hmm. right? Because if you want to surprise someone mm -hmm. by uh, giving them a new pencil sharpener, mm -hmm. if you want to surprise them with a gift, yeah. surprise them with some time off or a bonus that they didn't expect, mm -hmm. that's great. It's the it's the bad surprises that. So we're what's talking. a bad surprise? I feel like there's you know Skeletor surprise. Uh, <laughs> you gotta be careful. <laughs> so uh, uh, Marcus Mann uh, was a mentor of mine, and he had a phrase that was catch them in the act of doing something right. Mm -hmm. And that the angle, and I love the spirit of that, and the idea is that you should always be on the lookout for the things that people are doing that are the right things to do that you typically just ignore. Because mm -hmm. when people do good things, we just kind of shut that out and don't pay attention to it. Um, so this is kind of the opposite of that. What about trap doors? Trap doors? Ooh. Yeah, no trap doors. Yeah. Because it's like you're walking down the down the dungeon, you know, yeah. and you think you're doing great. <laughs> and you can tell we play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And next thing you know, a trap door falls out from under your feet. Yeah. And now you're in a pit of spikes. When is a trap door ever a good thing? 
Not ever. It's not ever. See, that's why I'm saying like when we always tell people no surprises yeah. and then it's like, well, but I, I bought them about a really birthday. nice dog sweater that yeah. I wanted to give them for their dog. That's fine. That's an okay surprise. Sarah, I don't wear this size of dog sweater. <laughs> it's probably still okay. Yeah, I think trapdoors is a, a better better language for that. Yeah, no trapdoors. Mm-hmm. Never a good thing. So if you have a good jetpack, send in a time that a trapdoor was a good thing. Mm, that's. I feel like that's going to be. That's going to be pretty tough. It's going to be impossible. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Anyway, so in Nobody this wants a trap door. In this process, you don't want any trap doors. Uh, there shouldn't be anything unforeseen that's negative at these meetings. That's not the intention or the focus of it. And if there were something uh, that happened previously that was negative, it should have been talked about previously, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so you know where all the secret doors are. Do your perception checks, folks. That's right. <laughs> It's a DC-15 for the nerds out there. It should not be a DC-15. Well, it should some, be like a DC-5. For some people, it is. So DC refers to basically how high a number you have to roll difficulty on a die. Check. It's difficulty check. How high a number do I have to roll on a die to notice this thing is about to happen? Yeah. Uh, so the other big shift that we push for in performance appraisals is the idea that it should be the focus on the conversation. So we had one guy who told us his his uh, review documents were something like 30 plus pages per person. Mm-hmm. And the, that when you have to complete that many documents uh, and, and that written process is super heavy, it makes it really difficult to have time or space or, or the, the mental ability to focus on the conversation. Well, and the other thing here is, so some of us are bloggers at heart <laughs> and uh, would prefer writing to talking all the time, mm-hmm. but 30 pages. Well, so hang on, but that's almost no one. Mm-hmm. So maybe I can write and be myself in what I write, but most people, when you shift them into written language are no longer really representing who they are, mm-hmm. right? The, the representation you get from someone who's very uncomfortable writing, even if they're good at writing, when they write down what they think about things or how things are going, you're getting this stilted, awkward version of themselves that isn't a good representation of anything. So then it's like you've wasted everyone's time. When many times you can feel like when you're you're writing your own review, your self appraisal, Mm -hmm. uh, and you read it, it, it can feel like it's written for a different person. Mm-hmm. Like this is not, whenever I read them that, that have been written by other people, I look at that and I don't even recognize the person who, mm-hmm. who wrote it. Mm-hmm. There's kind of this, this armor that we put on in that guise. And I think it's much more effective to have that, that relationship with our coach that we can just talk and, mm-hmm. and share our experiences and talk about the things that are going well and not. And mm-hmm. both together look at the data, the metrics that are, are the product of our work. Mm-hmm. Well, we feel like it's really important that the focus of this be mm-hmm. a conversation because that's when people can really get to the bottom of things. And there's a back and forth there as opposed to this kind of monologue feeling you get when you're writing your own uh, document. And it, it removes a lot of that connection that can happen. There are often performance appraisal processes where the appraisal gets written 
and then maybe never gets addressed again. Mm -hmm. Just goes into a file somewhere and we move on. Yeah, we don't have time to review 30-page performance appraisals. Or we read this 30-page document and don't really know how to interact with it, right? So then it's it's unclear. The, the goals that they set are not the right goals, not the right direction. We don't really feel like anything productive happened, mm-hmm. but then they worked hard on that. And you hate to go back then and go, well, now you did a bad job. Yeah. This, this sucks, let me tell you why. Right. Whereas if we're sitting down together and I say, what are your goals? And you start to go down the wrong path, as opposed to me waiting for you to finish writing 30 pages and then telling you you did it wrong, yeah. if you start going down the wrong path, I can kind of step in naturally into the conversation and say, sure, but what about with regard to this part of your job? Do you have any goals there? Yeah. And it doesn't feel like an attack. It doesn't feel like some put down. It just is a natural conversation. I think at the end of that process of completing that whole lengthy document, your your opinion has hardened. So you are more bound around what it is that you wrote and all of the hopes and dreams inside of that document, that master's thesis. Uh, And when someone shines a light on it or says it could have been done differently or they don't necessarily agree, Mm -hmm. you can be shattered in that process. Well, you put so much work into Mm -hmm. it. You put so much time and effort and then it probably wasn't comfortable or easy for you to do. So then it starts to just feel like this attack on the work that you did instead of just being a, a redirect. Yeah. So it's important that we we push that piece of the process aside and even if we have to participate in a lengthy document in our in our process see if you can have that conversation first to get alignment with your supervisor or with the person that you're coaching or your, your employee uh, to, to get alignment before you invest that amount of time, to make sure that you're on the same page before you you move down that, that path. Yep. And we, we say it's just like parenting, that it's best to discuss problems as they occur, mm-hmm. rather than all at once, I'm gonna save this up for our annual review and mm-hmm. just let you have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we um, talk about the idea that if you saw your kids uh, exhibiting signs that they were using drugs, mm-hmm. It's best to call that out when you see it. Well, and I mean, so yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You should call that out right away. But honestly, having teenagers, it's even more than just those big problems, Mm -hmm. like that they're doing drugs. Part of, so in our our day-to-day life, we'll go home, see that one of our kids is in a mood, in a state, having an issue, and whatever plans we had for the evening, they get set aside and everybody sits down because now we're gonna talk this out. And this isn't some big event that happens in our life. This is part of the day-to-day nature of our relationship. We talk all the time about the fact that these talks, they just happen on this ongoing basis where we say, I notice, you haven't done your homework lately. What's going on? I noticed you've been hanging out with some different kids. You want to talk about what happened there? Um, these are all, in a, in a parenting perspective, these are all very day-to-day, very in the moment. And a lot of times you have a lot to do. You have dinner to make. You have uh, work to finish up. You have personal relationship stuff to deal with. A I got date to, to go get, on. We got to go on a date. I got yeah. to schedule game night with our friends. Yeah. All this stuff in my head. And I look at my kid and I realize it's time to put all of that down because I have to drop everything that I need to do mm-hmm. and, and I need to be present with my kid right now. And we say that managing is just like parenting mm-hmm. except kids are harder to fire. 
So I think it's important to think about our managerial relationships in the same way. Mm -hmm. Even though you have a project that's going on and you have uh, documents you have to get back to the accounting department and you have all the stuff you have to do, when you see that problem, you need to recognize when that moment comes, that line in the sand, that I have to drop everything I'm doing right now and sit down and talk this out. So the further that you move away from that point in time, Mm that conversation will be more difficult. It will it will require more unearthing of the real problem. It will require more eff- effort and involve more conflict and include more heat. As the emotional state changes, then looking back on what happened, you're starting to have to do detective work. Yeah. You know, the thing will happen, and again, this is very much a parenting teens and a managing people discussion, mm-hmm. where, uh, for example, let's go to let's go again to parenting teens. Well, you've had a really crappy attitude when I've asked you to do dishes for the last several days. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. So then when you say that and it's Saturday afternoon and no one's asked anyone to do dishes for a while, then the retort is like, what? What did I do? Well, I just didn't like your attitude, right? (laughs) Whereas if I say, hey, do the dishes and then I get the rolled eyes and I get the stomp out of the room and whatever and I stop and I address it right now I don't have to just say I just didn't like your attitude I can say well you just rolled your eyes and then you just told me that I can get bent right that's the attitude I'm talking about yep. so if you've ever found yourself in that place where someone says well explain the problem to me and you're like I don't know but obviously you and I both know that it was a problem there was a problem I, we I don't both remember aware of it. I don't remember what you said but yeah. I know that it was shitty and it was something <laughs> right so if we address things in the moment we don't have that problem where we kind of lose track of what what the problem really was. Mm-hmm. So we, we look at performance management uh, very much like a, a relationship that you have to manage and you have to, to participate and carry that relationship, not all by yourself. It's, mm-hmm. it's a two-party uh, relationship, but it's something that requires frequent investment. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, again, it's interesting because I didn't think before this episode about how much performance management really is like raising a teenager, but it yep. really is it like really raising is. a teenager. Yep. And in that sense, it is a two-way street. So I absolutely refuse to just carry that for my teenagers. Yep. And yet, if they start to drift away from me, mm-hmm. It's my job, not theirs, to fix that. It's Mm -hmm. my job to make sure that that two-way street is happening, and when it stops happening, Mm -hmm. to do something about it right here, right now. Because, you know, in the perspective of teenagers, if I let them drift, they're not going to be the ones who are going to go, Mom, actually, you and I should have a conversation about drugs. Mm -hmm. Right? That's not how that works. As the parent, it's my job to make sure the two-way street is happening. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, as a manager, as the manager of that team, it's your job to make sure that they are doing the work, that Mm -hmm. they are putting in their part. And if they're not, to bring them to the table over and over again Mm -hmm. and talk about why. So imagine if you were going to raise your kids using a very lengthy and complicated performance documentation system. (laughs) When they don't come in by curfew, they have to go write a 20-page paper, which now that I think about it... No, (laughs) it means that you have to participate or write 10 pages when they do that. That's not what we're looking for. And it has to go through HR and HR is HR. We're just looking to, to... 
have the conversation, identify the problems, develop solutions that are measurable, and execute that and enforce it going forward. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be an overly complicated process. Mm -hmm. If we move away from the conversation being the magic here, Mm -hmm. what is parenting? Yep. If you stop talking to your kids, I in feel like form. it would be hard to say that you're still parenting mm-hmm. if you right. are not speaking to right. your children. And if you don't know your team, mm-hmm. right, on, on some real level, yep. you're not managing your team. Yep. You're not leading if you your aren't team. speaking to them, you aren't managing them. Do you remember on Silicon Valley when the guy has the kid and there's like a smart house oh, that yeah. tells the kid when it's bedtime? <laughs> yeah. And the computer's like, it's time for bed. And then the kid's like, I don't want to go to bed. And the dad's like, I don't know what to tell you. Sorry, Alexa said that. The lady said. It was like Alexa. It was like Alexa. Yeah. Uh, So Alexa can't manage your team. Right. That's that's the jetpack. Alexa. Alexa. Alexa, manage my team. (laughs) No. Good thing we don't have Alexa in here. She'd crop up and have a response, right? Right. So one one helpful piece that that I like to use before uh, going into performance appraisal, regardless of which side I, I'm on, uh, is to identify what is my goal. So I'm going to have this conversation. If I have one piece I want to move, what mm-hmm. is it? And so if you are the manager in this conversation, then your goal is maybe to stop some behavior that's happening, Mm -hmm. maybe to get more of something good that's happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a lot of different directions that that can go as opposed to just, I just, I just want to talk to them about their performance. Mm -hmm. And if you're the team member, Mm -hmm. then maybe you're looking for some kind of a support. You're looking for a better computer, better tools. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you're looking for some obstacle to be gotten out of your way in terms of another team member that you're having uh, friction with. Or an opportunity for promotion, mm-hmm. opportunity to take on a project, an idea that you want to pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should you should put some thought into it prior to getting into that room. Uh, well, and you can see how every one of those examples we just listed, it leads to a completely different conversation. Mm-hmm. So by having these goals, it's going to help drive that conversation so that instead of us just sitting there and and kind of just talking about the last year, mm-hmm. we have a direction to go. Yeah. Uh, so as as the coach, when you get into that room, it's important that you focus on listening and yes. gathering information, uh, hearing their perspective on how they think it went, and be sure to have available topics that you can cover mm-hmm. because every, every job typically has more than one responsibility. So it's helpful to discuss the various aspects of their work mm-hmm. uh, and gather that feedback on how they think it's going. Yep. You should have thoughts about their strengths and thoughts about their weaknesses mm-hmm. before you walk in the room. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know that person enough to have thoughts about what they're good at and what they need improvement on, then again, you need to ask yourself how you're doing at managing that person. And likewise, if you're the person being reviewed, uh, it's important that you listen to mm-hmm. when it's your turn to listen to make sure that you're you're giving space for that ex- that information exchange to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I watch for are. Um, pieces or or hot buttons that will upset people. Mm -hmm. And everybody has their own dynamic or their own uh, place where where they'll get upset if uh, 
they shift blame, mm -hmm. right? That's a big one, or not taking responsibility, mm -hmm. or making excuses, or um, any of the, the areas that, that are a little sensitive. So if you perceive that in a review, kind of pause and ask yourself what's going on there and, mm -hmm. and make sure that you're not stepping on toes somewhere unintentionally. So if you perceive that you are saying things that are causing them to react emotionally, yes. yeah. well, I think that's true, but I think actually the funny thing is this note in our outline, mm -hmm. when I saw it, I was thinking about it the other way, mm -hmm. that if I know that it drives me nuts when someone makes excuses mm -hmm. and I get angry, yeah. I want to watch for that and mm -hmm. try to sidestep that as much as I can. So yep. even if they're making excuses, mm -hmm. I want to try to have a plan to redirect them as opposed to just letting myself get angry. Yep. Because the day-to-day -day things that annoy us and we get mad about having those arguments, uh, can again, I guess going back to being teenagers, mm -hmm. when we have these big important conversations and we start to find ourselves dropping into that pattern where they want to push back and have the same argument we have in the day-to-day, -day, I will always cut that off and mm -hmm. say, that's the argument we have, we don't agree on that thing, and we will talk about that thing. But this is not time to talk about this thing. Mm -hmm. This is time to talk about the bigger picture. Right. We're not talking about dishes right now. We're talking about something else. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, if you have things that you kind of get into arguments about or that are points of contention, sidestepping those, not in the interest of avoiding that conflict, but in the interest of trying to take a bigger picture view. Mm -hmm and not letting it just become kind of a, a repetition of the day-to-day the -day things that come up. Mm -hmm. So largely in the conversation, we want to be focusing on the metrics uh, that hopefully we have access to and, and discussing our performance in context with those metrics. Uh, and if we don't have metrics for, for the performance that we're trying to evaluate, part of that conversation should include how can we create those metrics going forward. It's okay if we don't have that perfect visibility in the past, but one of the, the critical steps moving forward should be let's develop in baby steps ways that we can all understand better how this, how this project or how this work is progressing. And we can absolutely talk to the team member. As the manager, it's not your job to understand everything about the metrics of measuring performance. So have a conversation about how, how do you think we could know if you were meeting your goals? What do you think we could measure? What would be easy for you to measure based on how you go about doing your job? Yeah. Uh, and we, we, I would say we often get this question, but I feel like we always get this question. Mm -hmm. That is, uh, should compensation and, and pay, I'm sorry, compensation and performance be directly linked in the review process? And I always take the position that they should be separate items. And the, the reason for that is that oftentimes the company's ability to compensate you are separate from your direct performance. So maybe you deserve a raise right now, but the company just isn't in a place to give anyone a raise at the moment. Yeah, it could be that market forces are such that uh, no one can spend more money mm -hmm. at this point. It could be that another division of the company lost a huge chunk. It could be that your role doesn't have a direct impact on the bottom line of the company. Therefore, it's difficult to to allocate uh, uh, raise or bonus. But so, I, I still like this is sort of like the kids at, at home that 
they should have to perform their chores no matter what. Yep. That should just be something they have to do. And then any pay or allowance is completely independent of that. So there's no question on whether or not they have to perform. So then the question becomes, so then are you telling me then that when it's raise time, I have to give this guy a raise even though he's not meeting any of his performance goals? Mm-hmm. And the answer is that doesn't mean that performance results aren't part of the compensation conversation. Right. It's that we have our review where we're just talking about their performance and nothing else. We're not talking about pay. We're just talking about their performance as its own separate entity. And then at some later point, some maybe fixed point in time, we have a separate conversation about compensation. And when we're talking about pay, it's totally fine if those performance review results are mm-hmm. part of that conversation yeah. where people who are high performers are going to get compensated differently mm-hmm. than people who didn't perform well. Mm-hmm. But by separating those two events in time, it helps separate out those conversations in a way that's really helpful. The focus of the performance appraisal process should be on the performance and how can we improve it, mm-hmm. right? The conversation about compensation should be focused on compensation. So if a performance review time you say you did a really great job you really killed it mm-hmm. and also I'm sorry but you're not really gonna get a raise you're gonna get a pay cut you're actually. gonna get a pay cut this yeah. year then that takes away all the positivity of the you're killing it conversation mm-hmm. whereas if that performance review time it's you're killing it you're doing a great job and we're really happy with you and then a couple months down the road when we have compensation conversations everybody's taking a cut and that's the way that is it just keeps it very separate and clear in everyone's mind sort of like uh, as a kid what your report card looked like Mm -hmm. and whether you whether or not you got a bike for your birthday like they're just different things and it's not that one doesn't doesn't tie into the other in some way but we want to create that separation so we can have those separate conversations so not the like local business that would give you like a like a personal pizza for every a in your report card or something like the one that i didn't get from book it you mean are we With, going back without to cheating yeah you're the one who brought it up yeah but i'm saying like separately i don't think pizza had ever did that but they were always like pizza uh, oh friendlies would give you an ice cream i don't Sunday. know what friendlies friendlies was in michigan oh Nobody so, here knows Michigan. It's a burger chain that has ice cream sundaes. Called Friendly's? So, yeah. Did they have like a, a picture of a really creepy face guy? No, I think it was just like balloons or something. They may have had a clown though. like Of course. Logo. I don't not? remember. But it was called Friendly's. <laughs> it, it was the slogan, uh, trust us with your kids. Look, Friendly's was a thing. Mm-hmm. So Friendly's had... Like burgers, but also they have like the ice cream counter, like 31 flavors or whatever. And then like it was, there was a whole, like they do Sundays. Did they have 31 flavors? They didn't have 31. It was probably more like six or eight. Okay. So, so they were like the poor man's Baskin Robbins with I mean, a creepy clown? No, because it wasn't a poor man's Baskin Robbins because you could also get like burgers there. Was it the same place? And it wasn't fast food. It was like... Uh, like Dairy Queen. Well, it was like Big Boy, but I don't know if you know Big Boy either. Oh, of course I know Big Boy. Okay, so it was like Big Boy. That's the Midwest thing. Yes. It's not just Michigan specific. So it was... It was actually Wisconsin. The point is they had... Wisconsin. Wisconsin. They had really good Sundays, Mm -hmm. and they would give you one for every A on your report card. A Sunday for every A? Yes. Like all at once? Yes. So you have like five Sundays? No, 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 no. One at a time. One at a time. Man, I would have worked that. And you had to let them write on your report card. And it had to be your real report card, like not a copy or anything. Wow. So then they would go and they would like stamp the ones and then like... Are they still in business? 
I don't know. So, performance appraisals. Performance appraisals. Yeah. So, we had talked about... They uh, should be friendly. Should be friendly. <laughs> uh, some of the best practices of performance appraisals. And it's important that you view it like a conversation and a relationship that you invest in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's important that there are no trap doors. Yep. We want to make sure that, that we remove any of those spooky unknowns in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Because there's no such thing as a good trap door. It's true. Prove that's, me wrong. That's the jetpack. No yeah. such thing as a good trap door. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's important that you're focused on goals and moving forward. Uh, what about in D&D? Are there good trapdoors in D&D maybe? No, never. Yeah, probably not. Usually surprise good things never happen in D&D. And usually not in a trapdoor. Yeah, fair. Right. Yeah. It's true. the whole, it's in the, the word, but it's in the it's phrase. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> you don't want to set traps for, for people that you care about. It's true. Uh, so you really want to focus on investing in that relationship and making sure that you have open dialogue. And then coming out of that, that appraisal, you want to make sure that you document whatever concrete goals that you walk away with, hopefully with specific metrics and targets for what you intend to achieve over the next year. Mm-hmm. And then we recommend making sure that you check in uh, monthly or quarterly to, to make sure that everyone is still on track. If the coach, if the, the boss made a commitment to help remove an obstacle, it's important that we hold that person accountable Absolutely. to get that assistance and get that support mm-hmm. uh, because at the end of the day we're all going to benefit from that that line of communication uh, and we're all going to be better for it agreed what else uh, I don't know what else you can find us <laughs> well so what was the jetpack jetpack was no such thing as a no good such trap thing door. as a good trap door yeah that's true Okay, you can find us at www.thecriticalpathpodcast.com. You can find us at arcadefriendlies. That's not a thing. Nope, we don't have that domain. And we don't give away ice cream here. No? No, not even for A's on the report card. We could. Could have a special event. Oh, you want to do an ice cream party for our next, like, big party? Could be. Like an ice cream social? I've planned those before. Yeah. They were usually in elementary schools, but I have, have to done be it. in the summertime, though. Yeah, maybe this summer we'll do an ice cream party. And With have... Friendly's ice cream? We can't do Friendly's ice cream. Apparently they went bankrupt, as some killjoy just found out. Where ice cream makes the meal. The point is, we could have like, um, like, what, they used to have Cold Stone come? I don't know if Cold Stone's a thing anymore. They have to bring their Cold Stone. I know, and then they can make sundaes, and everybody can come in and get ice cream sundaes. Okay, enough. You can find us. <laughs> you can find us. Uh... On LinkedIn, Jason Sturgeon, Mary Sturgeon, Arcade Wayfinding. You can find us. You can technically find us on Twitter, but really it's just podcast episodes. Just Friendster. Nope, not a thing. You can find us on Hooli Search. <laughs> uh, actually, not a thing. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on The Critical Path with Mary and Jason. www. Our podcast. I've heard of it. Thecriticalpathpodcast.com. <laughs> Hit us up. Yeah. Watch for it. Watch for it. Let's see. <laughs> see, look, free small Sunday with a purchase of any dinner entree. So, like, basically buy a dinner or get an A. Either way, you know? Okay, well, obviously the business model worked for them. Oh, that looks disgusting. <laughs> Don't Google it.
I mean, you could if you wanted. Here, locations. Let's see where they are, and then I'll and then I'll get off the friendlies kick. Uh, nowhere. Oh, see, where are they? They're not even in Michigan. Oh wow, there's not even one in Michigan anymore. See. There used to definitely be one in Michigan. Well, you put them how would business. I? How would I know about this if there wasn't one in Michigan? Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't make it up, you know? Friendlies. Apparently, they're not popular in Seattle. There are no friendlies. Otherwise, go to your local friendly friendlies. The point is, all I'm saying is, you know how, like, if, like, you got an A on your report card, then you get something... What are we even talking about? Performance appraisals okay. and compensation. Okay, how did we get there? And like how your raise is should not be like the Sundays at Friendly's. <laughs> it should be like whether you got a bike for your birthday. Okay. So my analogy was better. On, on what to do. I know, but I just had an analogy on what not to do. Okay. Because you'll go out of business yeah, we in can Michigan. come up with a lot of analogies of what not to do. I know, but look, I just really wanted to talk about Friendly's for a minute, you know? <laughs> We've been married how long, and I've never heard that story. Really? Yes. <laughs> how do you know about friendlies? It was here's the thing about friendlies. Okay, this is, I'm sure this is uh, outtake content. Here's the thing about friendlies. Oh, okay. Friendlies was right in the same strip mall as the shop where you could go and rent like discs of computer games, like. Five and a quarter, no, the big ones. Yeah, five and a quarter discs of video games, like DOS games. Okay. Right, like three color DOS games. And you could go in there and you could rent those games. So I'm looking at Friendly's logo. Uh Uh-huh. And it says Friendly's, where ice cream makes the meal. And the subtext below it is chapter 11 bankruptcy. (laughs) Look. I did not personally bankrupt Friendly's. Apparently, ice cream did not make the meal uh, because Look. they had to close to Chapter 11 bankruptcy. That's what happened. In 2011? Yep. 500 chains. $700 million in annual system-wide sales, Jason. Yep. Out of business out of business friendlies. Anyway, the point is, friendlies was in the same place as the video game rental place. Mm-hmm. And that's why I used to want to go there. Because if I said to my parents, guys, take me to the video game rental place, they'd be like, mm, not so much. We got better shit going on. But then I'd be like, let's go to friendlies. And my sisters would all be like, yeah, friendlies, friendlies. And then we'd go to friendlies, and then I'd just go across. So we have anything to, so, performance appraisals. Performance appraisals. Yeah. 